Happy Sabbath. Campus ministry. And uh, well, they're up in Big Bear for a retreat. And also Pathfinders are there. They're camping in a cold weather. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I actually never came to our church on the first weekend of November. For the last nine years, I was always out with the campus ministry. And now I know who shows up when I'm out. Uh, our church is going through the process of nominating leaders for 2020. So if you are asked to do something, don't say no. Okay, say yes, okay? As many of you know, I just returned from the Reformation tour just two days ago. I'm still jet-lagged. Um, I, felt, I felt fine on Thursday, but I felt groggy all day long yesterday. Like, I, I have no memory of what, what happened yesterday. So uh, I'm not like, I'm only here about 75%, okay? Um, uh, I've been up since uh, 2.40 this morning. <laughs> so um, if I talk about something weird, then just, just be understanding, okay? Um, anyway, coincidentally, the day that I returned from the Reformation tour was the most significant day of Christian Reformation. October 31st. On October 31st of 1517, and yes, you heard me correctly, year 1517, Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses on the door of Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany, which was the beginning of the Protestant church movement. I only read about it in church history classes, um, it sounded like a fairy tale when I learned about it. But then I was there. Let us pray, and then I'll tell you all about it, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath with all these beautiful people in this beautiful church. Now, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. On October 31st, 1517, this is way before Halloween. Okay, this is like actually 200 years before Halloween. Um, a Catholic monk named Martin Luther, okay, Catholic monk named Martin Luther posted a listing on the church door in Wittenberg, Germany called the 95 Theses or Disputation on the Power of Indulgences. This is Martin Luther, and this is the door. Oh, never mind. This is the door that Martin Luther nailed. And this is the door. Yes. Uh, the man that you see in front of the door, his name is Richard Lee. That's me. Right? Okay? And these are actually, in the, the door, door, actually, these are uh, the 95 theses. Okay, so what happened? Um, that's not the door that Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on, uh, because in 1800, somebody came and burned the door down. Okay, so they replaced it with this uh, metal door, 
Um, and now people can't really get close to it. You see that little fence around it? So, man, I was there. That door, man. I was... So this was the beginning of what, what has been called the Protestant Reformation. And out of this Reformation came five fundamental truths about the Bible. Okay? These are, I'm going to go to the next. There you go. Um, these are sola scriptura, okay, by scripture alone. And solus Christus, these are all Latin words, okay? Solus Christus through Christ alone. Sola fide, by faith alone. Sola gratia, by grace alone. And soli deo gloria, which means glory to God alone. Okay? But the focal message was always sola scriptura, which Martin Luther proclaimed. Uh, all the others, such as sol, uh, solis Christus, sola fide, and, and so on, they all came from sola scriptura. Bible and Bible only. Today's passage is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Okay? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All God-inspired scripture are given to us as a holy guidebook for humanity. Okay, we are, we're not lost. We know the way. We're not in darkness. We have the light. The, the Gnostics had their own fancy books. The heretics all produced their own literature to support their claims. But they're all man-made writings. The scripture is written by human beings in human language, but they are God-inspired. If somebody says, who's the author of the Bible? Who wrote the Bible? Then, oh yes, it is in human language by human beings. But who is the author of the Bible? Then the author of the Bible is God. What did the Bible say? God breathe. If you can circle it, Underline it or highlight it, please do so, because this verse is incredibly important to our faith. Where else have you heard that expression before? God breathe. Does anyone remember? Yes, Genesis. Right? When God created humanity, he formed us from dust, then he, he breathed. It's actually called ruh. God, ruh. God breathed. We live because of the breath of God in us. The word we have, the word we have, the Bible we have, the scripture is a living word because these are God-breathed words. This is why we are here this morning. Okay, If Richard Lee came and talked about his own philosophy, nobody's going to come and listen. right? But we're here because we want to hear from the scripture. It's about the message, not the messenger, right? There's a power in the word. There's a power in the word. This is why we teach our children about the Bible. This is why we memorize Bible verses. This is why we turn to the Bible to find the purpose and meaning for our lives. This is why we read the Bible 
and live our lives accordingly. There's power in the word. We're here because of the God-breathed words, the scripture. There's hope, there's comfort, and there's the answer. They're living words of God. All scripture is God-breathed. Sola scriptura. Bible and Bible alone. For centuries, uh, Christians were not allowed to read the Bible on their own. Only the monks or, or priests were allowed to. Okay? People pretty much um, did whatever the church told them to do. And the church had the absolute power over entire Europe. The Christian church at the time was called the Roman Catholic Church, and the church itself was the world power at the time. Young Martin Luther was a professor at the Wittenberg Seminary. Well, during that time, there were only two schools, okay? Uh, school is just a, it's all seminary. It's for priests and pastors, pretty much. And then there's a law school. So educated people were either lawyers or priests or monks, So Martin Luther was able to go to the library and he found something that he has never seen before and that is the entire Bible. So for the first time, Martin Luther started reading the Bible. Okay? So he lived and breathed the word of God and Luther found the most important and foundational truth of the Bible. That salvation comes from not works, but only through faith in Jesus. In 1517, Pope Leo X offered indulgences for those who um, gave contribution to rebuild St. Peter's uh, uh, Basilica in in Rome. So it's a new new temple. Um, there was this aggressive fundraising uh, fundraiser, and they, they were like, okay, the best way for us to do this is actually really aggressively sell indulgences. And so pretty much what indul- indulgences is like, um, instead of you come to the priest and, and, and you confess your sins, and uh, the priest go, oh, your sins are forgiven, um, they found a, the church found a better way. So if you come and give money to the church, then church will give you a writing which purifies your sins. Not only that, Catholic Church at the time taught a theology of purgatory. So purgatory is a place where when you die, you don't go to hell or you don't go to heaven. You get caught in this in-between place called the purgatory. And um, during that time, if you have a little bit of sins left, then that's where you pay your sins. But... The church taught that, can you go back to that? Um, yeah, th- so this, this is actually, for the first time, I actually saw the real indulgences that's 500 years old. This is it. I took a picture. I tried to touch it. They said, don't touch it. So I couldn't. So, so if you buy that, um, you can actually buy indulgences for your uncle who passed away. Your uncle who passed away, who's probably in purgatory, um, if you pay that money, um, then he can get out earlier. 
Okay, so that's what they did. That's, that's exactly what they did. So this was a tipping point for Martin Luther. He wanted to reform the church. He, he claimed, let's go back to the scripture. Sola means alone. Scriptura means scripture, right? This was the cry of the reformers who said, we go back to the scripture alone. They claimed that the Roman church and the Pope are not the highest authority of our faith. It should be the scripture and scripture alone. I was so excited about this Reformation tour because our conference, um, they, they took us. And the planning took like for two years. Okay, I was there for 10 days. Um, We left LAX. Uh, There was a layover uh, at JFK. So I stopped by and ate at Shake Shack. And then then we took an eight-hour long flight to Prague, Czechia. Do you guys know anything about Czechia? So Czechia is actually old Czechoslovakia. And then when they got freedom from Soviet Union, they became Yugoslavia and Czech Republic. And they changed the name to Czechia like, like three, four years ago. Okay? And uh, there was, um, when I went to Czechia, I realized that a lot of Koreans. I'm like, why are there so many Koreans in Czechia? And I realized that uh, there was a K-drama in Prague, and there are a lot of people who, Korean people who go to Czechia because they want to see Prague. Anyway, even the, the, the Czechia airport, the Prague airport is actually operated by Korean air. So there's a Korean wording everywhere. Anyway, so I go there, uh, and, and we're, we're, we're doing this uh, Reformation tour, and I'm like, why are we in Czechia? It's because um, 100 years prior to Martin Luther, there was a reformer called John Huss. This is actually Great Controversy, Chapter 6. Okay? John Huss. John Huss was the one who started it, and he taught against the, uh, the church, and um, he actually... God burned alive. He died. So we saw that, and then we followed the path, and we, we traveled to Germany. But what's really funny is I, uh, we're, we're looking at stuff in Czechia, and I go to our tour guide, and I was like, um, are we going to gonna go to, to Wittenberg? Because I was like, I'm here to go to Wittenberg. I want to go see Castle Church, right? I want to see where, where Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses. So I was like, uh, are we going to go to Wittenberg? And the tour guide was like, what? I was like, Wittenberg in Germany. And she's like, what? I was like, how does she not know Wittenberg? And I said, Wittenberg, Germany. And she said, oh, Wittenberg. (laughs) I was like, yeah, Wittenberg. Uh, So apparently um, W is like V in, in Germany. So she didn't know Wittenberg, but she knew Wittenberg. Um, we we, we kind of like made fun of uh, like German language. Kind of was kind of really interesting because every time we move, like everyone had to go to bathroom, and every time we go to bathroom, it was not called bathroom. It's called in Europe what toilet, and uh, it's spelled toiletten. So we're like we're gonna go to toiletten, you know. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to us. Anyway, so finally, finally we go to Wittenberg. Germany, right? I'm in Wittenberg. 
Germany, right? I mean, being there was just surreal to me. Castle Church is the university church. Okay, there is a city church in in um, Wittenberg where Martin Luther preached and attended all the time. Uh, so these are some of the pictures. Um, you see the tower behind me. Uh, once again, this guy that you see, his name is Richard Lee. I was there. Okay, uh, the tower behind me—that's the—that's the castle. That's a, a castle that you see, and that's a castle church. And these are the streets that that. Um, Uh, right next to Castle Church in in uh, Wittenberg, um, I think I have a picture of the. Oh, that's me also, uh, right be, uh, next to uh, Castle Church. Uh, that's me trying to. Yeah. Anyway, I tried to jump. It didn't work. Uh, <clears throat> this is a city church where Martin Luther preached and attended every Sabbath. And this is his house. Okay, as you can see, the picture. This picture is a little better than all the ones that I took. Uh, it's because this picture was taken by who? Who? Yeah, Google. That's right. <laughs> I, I forgot to take a picture of his house, so I had to Google it. Um, Luther's house is about 400 meters away from the castle church. Uh, now I'm saying meters because that's what they use in Europe. But um, yeah, so it's a big house. And um, actually the picture of uh, the indulgences that I, I showed, share with you, that's actually from his house. His house now is a museum. Okay, so I actually walked where he walked and breathed the air that he breathed. And, you know, you know like I was there in his house, like in the room that he studied the Bible. This is so cool. Um, I always, I, will, I always pictured Martin Luther as somebody who would have like, like, like bald spot and uh, wearing that monk gown that looks like a like a like a Jedi master. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I pictured. Um, it's actually very similar. The way he he um, dressed himself was always wearing um, graduation gown because he was a professor. He was a very popular professor of Wittenberg Seminary. And that's where this whole thing started. And the castle church is the university church. Right? Um, by the way, the whole history of uh, Christian Reformation can be found in a book written by a lady named who? Ellen White. The great controversy, chapters 7 through 9, describe vividly what Martin Luther had done. So during the, during the uh, tour, the whole bus ride, I was actually listening to my audible great controversy, chapters 7 through 9. So I was like going through the whole thing and listening to the guide, and it was just awesome. And um, actually, um, after walking on the streets where... Martin Luther walked. Uh, we actually came back to the castle church, and they actually allowed us to join worship. And there was a little group of people who were worshiping there, and there was a speaker from, from the States, uh, and um, he did a little, little talk, and this is what he said. He said, 
uh, he talked about the whole Martin Luther and you know, how he did all of that and all the work he did. And then he asked this question, okay? He has this one question, and I can never forget like, the question because it meant so much to me. He said, What makes someone to stand up for their beliefs even in the face of death? What makes someone to stand up for their beliefs even in the face of their death? Like, where does that kind of courage come from? Okay, keep that question in mind, okay? Think about it. After Wittenberg, we drove to Worms, Germany. Yes, you heard me correctly. It's called the Worms, Germany. Um, we're, like, we're like laughing. Like, where are we going? Worms. And we're like, you mean like little thing that crawls around? They're like, no. <laughs> uh, it's actually pronounced vroom. Germany, um, in German, it's a city of worms. It's, it's spelled like worms, W-O-R-M-S, but it's, it is pronounced worms in, in German, okay? Like, I probably didn't do it right, but um, the city of worms is, uh, is a significant place. In fact, it, came, it became my favorite Reformation tour city, along with Wittenberg. Of course. Um, after 95 Theses, Luther was invited to many places to defend his belief, right? There were like debates going on all over the place. Um, and um, he was required to show up at these debates. Um, those who opposed him um, agreed that purgatory and indulgences were not found in Scripture. However, they argued that the tradition of the church, uh, the, the authority of the Pope, were as equally as the scriptures. So he couldn't really win arguments, but he won a lot of souls. And he, won, uh, he gained a lot of followers and supporters. On April 18, 1521, in Worms, okay? Okay, by the way, when I say like year 1520, like how do you feel? It's like, is this a history lesson? In, in a church, history was, always sounded so ancient to me. Like, like 14, 15, John Huss did this and that. And 15, 17, oh my, it, it sounds like a fairy tale. You know what I mean? But when you go there, all of a sudden, it's not a fairy tale. It's real. So many things in Europe, they preserved it so well. So I'm going to show you some of the pictures that I took because, oh man. Um, so this is one of the churches we saw. We saw many, many churches. Okay, that's the church. Where, when was it built? Oh, 700 years ago. It's like it's been there for 700 years. Of course, they remodel all the time. They do. They fix things. But they, they have it there. Okay, um, there's another church. When was it built? Oh, 500 years ago. It's like, okay. Look at that. When was that built? Oh, 400 years ago. It's like they're all there. So when they say 15, 17, whatever to us, we're like, oh, it sounds like a fairy tale, but people live there. 
for that long, and they built those churches and those buildings. Man, you think our church is huge? Like, I go to KM church, I'm like, that church is so big and so huge, right? It's nothing compared to some small city churches in Europe. It took us three years for the construction part of our church. These churches normally took like over 100 years. I mean, these are like everywhere you go. 400 years old, 500 years old buildings. Uh, That's what they see every day. Anyway, oh, I have to show you. This is Czechia. Isn't that beautiful? It's one of my favorite uh, cities. It looks like a, I took that picture actually, not Google. Uh, To show you my proof, there's this me, right? Yep, it's not photoshopped. I was there. And uh, that's me eating ice cream there. And that's me eating crepes. And uh, that's our group drinking water. (laughs) It's really funny because it's called the diet of worms. But diet, I don't mean like diet when you starve yourself, okay? Uh, The diet here means the um, uh, meeting or session of a court, okay? So at the diet of worms, 1521, at Broome, Germany, the emperor asked Martin Luther to show up Okay? And Martin Luther actually showed up. And there are two questions. Two questions were asked. The number one was to Luther, are these your writings? All that Martin Luther uh, has written were there as evidence. Uh, He said yes. And the second question was, do you recant? Do you retract all that you have said, all that you have written? Would you retract? Would you recant? So this was the moment. I mean, depending on his answer, he would definitely definitely get excommunicated by the church, which is pretty much a death sentence in that culture and during that time era. Or he might get burned alive right away. There's a recording of his response. Uh, of course, not a, like a voice recording or, or a video recording, but a written account. And let me read his response. Unless I am convinced, this is Martin Luther, okay? Speaking in German. Unless I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, I am bound to the scriptures I've quoted and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not retract anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. Here I stand, I can do no other. Here I stand, I can do no other. 
This is a spot where he stood and said this. Okay. Once again, this is Richard Lee. If you can see right here, this is a spot. And on the other side right here is where the, the emperor sat. Okay? Uh, there was no building there because that building was destroyed. There was a courthouse. There was not a church. And these are a bunch of pastors from my conference. I couldn't get them away, so they're kind of photobombing my photo. Anyway, um, we can see Luther's uh, picture right there. And that right there is where he stood and said, Here I stand. I can do no other. Honestly, I got like, I got really emotional when I was there. And you know me, I don't get emotional. It's like, man, this is where Martin Luther, in the face of death, he said, Here I stand, I can do no other. Okay, Lomar in the church, what do you think? What, what makes What do you think made Luther to stand up for his faith even in the face of death? Where does that kind of courage come from? Okay, when I was little, there was a play at our church. Okay? Um, It's a skit usually done by the youth group. Um, Okay, so the gospel in Korea came through North Korea. Okay? And it went down south. After the Korean liberation from, um, from their colonization, um, the north was taken by Russians and south was taken by, well, was supported by, by, by America. Okay? So right away, North Korean side became um, overtaken by communists. And um, this play is about like, what happened to the churches because when the communists came in, what they did was, the first thing they did was they destroyed all the churches and they, they forced people to denounce their faith or they would kill them. They just shoot them right there. So there's a story and this is the play, okay? So these North Korean soldiers would like line everyone up in the, in the church and then one by one and then they would put a Bible right in the middle and then they would say spit at the Bible and then step on it and denounce your faith then you will live so the story goes or the skit goes the pastor spit at the Bible stepped on the Bible and went through it church elders spit at the Bible, stepped on the Bible, went through it. Deacons went through the whole thing. The parents went through it. And this one girl, one little girl, she goes up and she takes the Bible and she cleans it. Okay? And of course, she gets, she dies. And it's a sad story. It's like, and they play this like every year. Like every December comes, like Christmas season comes. You can count it. They're going to do their play again. But this story would haunt me at night. Right? I would, I would think about it and I'm like, I'm like imagining in my dreams all the time like, oh, if, 
if I'm there and and I'm in in the face of death, would I clean the Bible or would I spit on it and step on it? Would I be able to stand up for my Jesus? Would I would I have that kind of courage? when everyone was too scared to stand up for their faith in the face of death, the little girl had the courage to stand. Just like Daniel's three friends, just like the disciples did, just like Stephen did, just like many followers of Jesus did during Roman power. just like Martin Luther did. But he lived. Somehow God saved him. And from there came the Protestant churches. And to this day, the foundation of the Protestant church is sola scriptura, Bible, and Bible only. Loma Linda Church, Where does that kind of courage come from? The courage comes from the scripture. Do you ever wonder if I'm ever going to stand up for my faith? That courage will come from the scripture. If you are close to the Bible, if you are close to the word of God, When the time comes, when the situation arises, you will stand up for your faith. But if you're away from the Bible, we can't generate that kind of courage. It's only because he was so close to the word of God, he was able to say, here I stand, I can do no other. I have a question. Loma Linda Church, does the Bible have the highest authority in your life? Does it? Or is it you? Or is it your wife? Like who has the highest authority in your your life? Is it your friends? What you believe and what you think, um, do they by any chance trump the words of God? Or maybe um, you used to believe in the word but you don't anymore. Uh, You grew out of it. You're now older and wiser and educated so you know better than to believe and follow the ancient words or ancient writings. Courageous living, Loma Linda Church, starts from a life that is close to the Bible. Faithful living comes from the scripture. I was going through this trip and I was like, all I was thinking was, can I have the courage that Martin Luther had? And it's interesting because now nobody, there's nobody forcing us to do something different, like living away from the Bible. For those of you who came to our church like recently, I want you to know something. 
before we built anything in this church, in our old church, we brought this, we bought this big Bible, right? And everyone signed their names by their favorite Bible verses. We bought this big, thick Bible, and we all signed. And before we built this church, it's buried right here, where I preach. Okay, how many of you guys were there when we, when we buried it? Yes! Right? We buried it right there. Because we believe that from this church, from here, there'll be nobody preaching. There's only the message. The scripture will be proclaimed. And everyone who comes to this church, all of us who are sitting here, we will live by the word. We will stand for our faith because we will be founded upon the word of God because there's power in the word. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for everyone here who, who came this morning. Lord, I pray that the message was proclaimed. The message that we put highest authority in my life as the Bible. Bible may become the highest authority of my faith and of my life. And Lord, we realize that in order for us to live that kind of life, we need to be close to the Word of God each and every day. Father, our lives can be so busy, like we're so busy studying and working and taking care of the family and running all over the place. But Lord, help us not to neglect the Word. Help us to live by the power and the power that comes from the Word. Help us, Father, to live by sola scriptura. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.